This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome you to God's House of Salvation. Today is July the 18th, 2021. We thank you for listening to our podcast recording on our service for today. And I would like to open up with a um, with a prayer for our corp- for our world as well as for ourselves. If you would just bow your heads with me so that we can move forward in um, God's um, plans for today. Father God, we praise you that you are a God who makes wonderful promises. We praise you that you promise life to us. You promise us peace. You promise joy. You promise a world ruled by a perfect ruler who loves us and cares for us father we praise you that you are faithful to all your promises we praise you that you have the power to ensure that not a word of your promises never ever fail or fall to the ground we praise you that even when man seek in their evil to obstruct your plans, you use their evil to bring your plans to fulfillment. We praise you that we can have complete confidence in all of your promises, including the promises that one day we will see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face in glory. And Father, we praise you that you make your promises to those who do not deserve them. We praise you that though we have rejected your authority and refused to give thanks for your provision, you have promised us, your people, an eternity under your perfect rule and a world full of abundance, a banquet of the best of the meats and the finest of wines. We praise you that you have done what was necessary for these promises to come to fulfillment. That you have sealed the covenant of your promises in his own blood. So that by we may have confidence that though our sins are scarlet, you have washed them white as snow. And Father, we praise you that when we have received every blessing that you have promised, we will not rejoice so much in the glory of the world around us, but in the face and the presence of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. We praise you that every blessing we receive from your hand is the overflow of the glories of your character. And in our confession, Father, we come before you as, a, as our maker and our judge, our conscious of our rebellion against you, conscious that though you are the provider and our sustainer, we have rejected you. Father, we confess that though you are the most glorious, beautiful, awesome thing in the universe, Our hearts are cold to you, 
and we consider knowledge of you cheap. Father, we confess that we do not hear your will, and we do not do your will. We confess that though throughout our lives we reject what you have said to be good and reject what to embrace that which is evil we have decided to take on the evil we confess that to you god and father as we consider that jesus christ was obedient unto death we confess that at the smallest inconvenience of hardship or denial of pleasure involved in obedience we quickly turn away from doing what pleases you sometimes even the effort of trying to understand whether or not something is your will is too much trouble for us we confess that if disobedience makes the slightest offer of pleasure or comfort we too often take it ignoring the promises of life that you have made to us who follow you please forgive all of us and change us that we might have hearts responding to your word father we confess that one of the ways we disobey you is in our lack of service toward others we know that so often we refuse to relinquish our interests for the sake of others though we know that christ was prepared to go to the cross in the service of us who deserved absolutely nothing of the kind we are so often slow to lay aside our needs for the sake of others we make excuses and rationalize why our needs should come first forgetting that the lord jesus christ has called us to follow him as a servant and father as we consider our sin we are sorry for how little we pray to you that sin might not reign in our hearts how little we cry out to you for strength to resist sin in our lives we pray that you would give us a greater concern for obedience so that we would pray daily for your strength to resist evil we bring our hearts before you lord full of evil and selfishness and in the name of the lord jesus christ and by his blood shed for our sake we ask that you would hear our prayer have mercy on us forgive us cleanse us and change us for your name's sake in all these we say amen and amen
and queens this is the day that the lord has made and let us rejoice and be glad in it this is july the 19th i believe no it's the 18th 
of 2021 and i greet you with jesus joy this is god's house of salvation and um i want to give honor to god who is head of my life and also i must mention my husband reverend david gatlin senior who's um my partner and my my um other half that keeps me um together and who uh, challenges me and who lifts me up and encourages me and so on and so on i give greet greetings to him and also in honor of him and um, i just want to go ahead and go do for go forth and what thus says the lord so if you have your bibles with you i would like for us to turn to the third book of john john 3 chapter 1 verse 11 that's what we're going to be looking at john 3 chapter 1 verse 11 it reads dear friend do not imitate what is evil but what is good anyone who does what is good is from God anyone who does what is evil has not seen God let me put say it another time because I want to put emphasis on a couple of words dear friend do not imitate what is evil but what is good anyone who does what is good is from god anyone who does what is evil has not seen god may the lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word and we're still thinking on the subject of i should say we're still dealing with the topic uh, from our fruit of the spirit series we're looking at the eighth fruit we're still in that which is self-control and i want to keep that going and with that i want us to think about the topic is it good trouble or is it bad trouble under self-control the eighth and the final fruit of the spirit is it good trouble or is it bad trouble the phrase good trouble we know that comes from um what is name it comes from congressman john lewis um good trouble and we heard that so often well what he's saying about good trouble get he's telling us to get in good trouble that's the message that he left us get in good trouble that is necessary trouble and redeem the soul of america john lewis made this statement on the edmund pettus bridge that's in selma alabama he did this on march the 1st 2020 commemorating the tragic events of bloody sunday 
if you don't remember or know about Bloody Sunday, it occurred March the 7th, 1965, as peaceful protesters were beaten by law enforcement officers for crossing the bridge. Lewis and others like Amelia Boynton, a boy, I think it's, her name is Boynton Robinson, Amelia Boynton Robinson, were beaten so badly that they were hospitalized. The content or the context behind the march was significant. The 600-person civil rights march was actually about police brutality. Jimmy Lee Jackson, a 26-year-old church deacon, was actually killed by James Bonnard Fowler, a state trooper in Alabama. And this march also occurred a year and a half after the infamous march on Washington, highlighting that little had changed in the lives of black people in America. Bloody Sunday was highlighted in Ava DuVernay's Oscar-nominated Best Picture film, Selma. Musicians like John Legend and Common won an Oscar for the song, Glory. Bloody Sunday is often noted as a pinnacle of Lewis's life. This defining moment encapsulates five things that John Lewis taught us about getting into good trouble. He wanted us to remember to always vote. Never let, you're never too young to make a difference, to speak your truth in power. We have to be willing to speak up about injustice always, no matter the cost. That's what he's saying about speaking the truth to power. This also includes when we see something that is not right, not fair, not just. You have to speak up. You have to say something. You have to do something. And in our freedom of speech, as we often like to burst, um, boast about, we have an obligation to condemn speech that is racist, that is bigoted, that is anti-Semitic, and hateful. Become, and the fourth thing he tells us is to become a radical equality, uh, equity, uh, was it? Become an equity, a racial equity broker. I fumbled that. He wants us to become a racial equity broker. That is to speak up and speak out, stand in gaps, and sit at the tables to advocate for people who cannot advocate for themselves. And always, he tells us to never, ever give up. So now you understand what good trouble is. Now, let's, as we thought about that, let's turn our focus to our text that we read earlier. Um, in the John 3 verses uh, chapter 1 verse 11 it summarizes the proper responses to dealing with evil such as the works of of the devil first he warns us not to imitate evil but only do 
and say and act good. Interesting, so many people today are attacked by the bad are attracted to the bad boy image. That has a we have to think about that. Why are we attracted to something that's not for us or good for us or good to us? As we look at the book of Romans, Paul reminds us that evil exists. Maybe that's why we are attracted, because maybe we're attracted to evil. Romans chapter 12 verse 21 tells us, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's not something believers should join or mimic. Instead, believers are to imitate what is good and overcome evil that way. That is how we overcome evil. Not doing evil to overcome evil. We have that's this just a trick of the enemy. Don't fall for that. Other examples include avoiding things like violence, revenge, or hate. If someone hates you, remember that it's about him or her and not about you in their hate when hate is displayed. Hate is based on perception of themselves. I'm sorry, it's based on perception of another person, but also has a strong relationship with themselves or with their personal history and its effects on their personal feelings, ideas, beliefs, and especially their identity. That's what it's all about. Certainly, adversity in our lives can trigger all kinds of things and intensify hatred, jealousy, failure, guilt, and so on and so on. But to overcome this, we have to go back to through the fruits of the spirit and have and use it as an example to what is really going on with us examine our behavior so we won't be a slave to a perception we've built up in our inner spirit that is causing a catastrophic output on us or from us in fact so believe behaviors are so horrific that many are court ordered or have to seek psychiatric help and place on medication just to deal with the foolishness of the attachment to evil. Here I must add that mental illness does not seem to be associated with cognitive functioning levels. Maladaptive behavior, on the other hand, is strongly negatively correlated especially self-injurious and self and stereotyped behavior to make it worse and stay with me on this and just think about this to make it worse behaviors use stimulation by the use of repetitive motor behavior in adults let's just say they have autism we're not saying that all people that have autism react this way but it is a this strong evidence to suggest this well anyway people what they're saying is they speak a word or a phrase over and over and over and over again to a stimulate 
to arouse behaviors. And the list goes on and on here. See, politicians use this to persuade in campaigns. Lawyers use this to persuade jurors and the court of opinion. And the list goes on and on. When we find ourselves encountering things such as this, attached to what is good, that is the fruit of the Spirit, to bring you out of your madness or the madness that's ahead of you. Go, do go look for further, do, I'm saying, let me say this again because I'm fumbling. Do not go looking for further harm or hate and division. Go to the fruits of the Spirit. Instead, we are to use forgiveness, love, and truth in everything. Second, doing good deeds is evidence of a person's Christian faith. While only God sees the heart and knows who is truly saved, those who do good show evidence of salvation. If it's in your spirit, what you do, it comes from your spirit. So God looks at your spirit just to, and he um, uses that as a teaching method for us to get ourselves together. So do not dangle in the cookie jar. Just stop. Take a minute to rewire your thinking. You're better than this. God created, made, and formed us out of love with purpose and a plan. The scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And God said, let, make, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps unto the earth. He also tells us in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Never forget that. He said that. And that was before you were formed in your mother's womb. So he already had plans for you long time ago. Evil. Bad behavior does not dwell in heavenly things. I'm going to say it one more time. Evil, that is bad behavior, does not dwell in heavenly things. Get away from it. Those who do evil things are given evidence that they are lost. So today, rise knowing that to overcome something, it means to overtake. One will make something his or her truth. Stay with um, what attracts, attacks, attaches to the fruits of the Spirit as our guide. Stay with the things that attract to the fruits of the Spirit as our guide. That'll be your bridge over, around, under, and over troubled waters. That is how you get out, around. Above and under the bridges of troubled water, you have to attach to the fruits of the Spirit. 
Jesus says, tells us not to stay in mess. We really can't change another person. And you learn that if you go to therapy. You cannot change another person. You cannot wait on the changes of another person. But we can change ourselves. We can remove ourselves. Don't wait around for the other to change. Don't wait around for the other to make a move. You must move on as Jesus has already told us in so much scripture. He tells us, and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. That is your testimony against them. The command to shake the dust off your feet appears only four times in the New Testament. In each case, the command is spoken by Jesus to his disciples when he sent them out two by two. We can reference Matthew, uh, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. We can reference the gospel according to Luke chapter 9 verse 5 and we can also reference that in mark the gospel according to mark chapter 6 verse 11 in the matthew 10 account jesus clarifies his meaning truly i tell you it would be more bearable for sodom and gomorrah on this day of judgment than for that town so shake off the dust off, off the dust off of one's feet conveys the same idea as our modern face. I wash my hands of it. It also uh, conveys my face. Uh, swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, swipe down, move on. Shaking the dust off your feet is a symbolic indication that one has done all that can be done in a situation and therefore carries no further responsibility for it. It carries no further responsibility for it. In the spiritual examples, Jesus was telling his disciples that they were to preach the gospel to everyone where they were received with joy, they should stay and teach. But where their message was rejected, they had no further responsibility. And this is a message also about evangelism. You're not supposed to sit there and argue with people. If they reject you, you have no further responsibility. That's for the, the spiritual realm to deal with that. They were to walk... Free, they were free to walk away with a clear conscience, knowing they had done all they could do. So when we walk away, we have a free, a clear, free conscience, knowing that we have done all that we can do. Shaking the dust off their feet was in effect, saying that those who reject God's truth would not be allowed to hinder the furtherance, furtherance of the gospel. 
Even the dust of those cities that rejected the Lord was an abomination and would not be allowed to cling to the feet of God's messengers. So you get what I'm saying? When they reject you, don't sit there and argue with them and get tangled up in their stuff. Just shake it off and move on. Close your mouth. Just close your mouth and keep it moving. The command to shake the dust off your feet appears four times in the New Testament. In each case, the command is spoken by God and his disciples when he was sent to them, said to them, sent to them, sent them two by two. And we talked about that. So also with this, um, embedded with this symbolic gesture was the implication that God also saw the dust shaking and would judge people accordingly. There was a spiritual significance to the discipline to, to, the, to a disciple of Jesus shaking the dust off his feet. It was a statement of, of finality about people who had been given the truth and had and who had rejected it remember Paul and Barnabas put Jesus's words into practice they had been pre preaching in um, Antioch but some of the Jewish leaders of that city stirred up persecution against the missionaries and had them expelled from the region so they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went on to another area and it says here in Acts 31 51 verse 51 but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to another area furthermore the command to shake the dust off your feet appears like I said four times in the New Testament in each case, the command was spoken by Jesus. Um, and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Jesus clarifies this and he says in verse 15, Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that town and we all know about Sodom and Gomorrah so if they're go it's going to be more bearable for them just imagine what's going to happen so there is a spiritual significance to a um, disciple of Jesus shaking the feet off like I said before it's a statement is a that Jesus is making here and I want to leave us with a conclusion on this we must rise today shaking off the evil we must do um, the learn the good news about this and God's therapy for us around this is that there will be situations in our lives where God calls us to stand firm and proclaim truth and give patient testimony 
Sometimes we need to continue until we see the results of that testimony. And other times God gives us the freedom to just move on. Everything that's not for us. We figure to shake the dust off of our feet when under the Holy Spirit's direction, we surrender those people to the Lord and emotionally let go. We have the freedom then to move into the next phase of ministry. Jesus' instruction to shake the dust of our feet reminds us that we are only responsible for our obedience to God, not for the results of the obedience. And remember this, mentioned above, is the working order of dysfunction. The working order of how evil gets in our heart and in our mind. The body doesn't respond to what isn't in the heart and the mind. Jesus already told us to guard our mind and our heart. In Paul's final exhortation, he tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Joy is hard to find in our world. Yes, it is. But a believer's joy is supernatural. It's not about the things on this earth. We, it's an internal kind of thing. And Paul reminds us the ways to experience joy presently. Wherever we are at or wherever we are, whatever we are facing. And remember, Jesus says, we will have trials and tribulations. Therefore, do not be surprised at the fiery, the fiery, the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and the glory and God has rest upon you. Basically, as Christians, we should in fact expect and welcome trials and suffering as Christ was persecuted by this world. And remember John, the gospel according to John, chapter 15, verse 19. If you were in the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world will hate you. In fact, and it goes on to 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 12. In fact, whoever who want everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So what we spoke on is our day-to-day -day stuff. The working order of evil, attempting to interfere, attempting to intervene, and attempting to interrupt the heavenly plans on mankind then don't fall for the okie-doke. 
Now on to the heavenly plan. Remember again, like I said last week, Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. The heavenly warrior defeats the beast. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the, the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is, Christ is faithful to avenge the death of the martyrs and to keep his promises. Notice, Jesus, the believer's commander-in-chief, rides a white horse as he returns to earth. That is the second coming. The description which follows emphasizes Christ's absolute majesty, power, and victory. Jesus promised to come again and true to his word he will come to earth a second time at the close of the tribulation jesus is all knowing nothing escapes his, his attention so that little stuff we going through he'll remember it jesus knows all about his enemies injustice his enemies immorality and his enemies blasphemy and he judges them righteously Jesus goes to war with them. Jesus obliterating his enemies single-handedly. That means he's taking them out. It has never, it was never, and we have to know that it was never, ever about us. But it was always about the triune God. Jesus overtakes the entire system of evil. But we have a Savior who is powerful and able to do all that he promises and that again is jesus we know from the incarnate christ that he is willing to help us right now and then in the future and and saves us but the exalted king of king also has the ability to do what he is willing to do and it's a part of the plan so think on this do the right thing Quit daily the working order of evil in your lives uh, coming around you, formulating. Else the plan would be something totally different. Remember that the powers of hell, earth and hell make their utmost, um, utmost effort. Important events foretold by the prophets, these persons were not excused because they did what their leaders obeyed them. How vain will be the plea 
of many sinners at the great day. We followed our guides. We did as we saw others do. God has given a rule to walk by in his word. Neither the example of the most nor the chief most influence us, must influence us. Contrary thereto, if we do as the most do, we must go where the most go. Remember that. If you do what the most do, you go go where the most go, even in the burning lake. Remember this going back to dear friend do not imitate what is evil but what is good anyone who does what is good is from god anyone who does what is evil has not seen god guard your mind guard your heart guard your spirit have a blessed and beautiful day in the lord and remember that jesus is lord and you do have the victory in christ jesus Amen.